Science of Achievement, seven research-backed tips to set better goals. Setting goals can transform your life. Goals can help you get in shape, improve your finances, learn a new language, or finally launch that business. But goal setting can also leave you miserable. Burnout, stress, and disillusionment are high on the list of potential side effects. The crucial difference between success and burnout often comes down to how your goals are designed. Done wisely, setting goals can be a positive experience. Not just successful, but life-affirming. So here are seven research-based suggestions to help you design better goals. One, aim for hard but believable. For over four decades, psychologist Edwin Locke has been central in research on goal setting. His research has had three consistent findings. First, setting goals improves performance. Second, hard goals improve performance more than easy goals. Third, specific targets work better than simply trying to do your best. Early research on goal setting found that there was an inverted U-shaped relationship between difficulty and performance. This means that easy goals lead to weak efforts, but so do goals that are too hard. Now, the key factor here seems to be that the goals need to be challenging, but also believable to be effective. If you don't think you can actually reach the goal, you won't. Thus, the best goals to set are those that demand effort from you, but you're confident you can achieve if you do put in the effort. Two, use the 80% rule. How do we build motivation to pursue our goals? Psychologist Albert Bandura developed the concept of self-efficacy to explain why some people eagerly face challenges while others shrink. If you don't feel you'll be successful, why bother? The danger is that self-efficacy can create a vicious or virtuous cycle. If you don't feel you'll be successful, you don't put effort into your goals. This leads to failure and seemingly confirms your inability. The reverse is also true. You can pick successful goals, achieve them, and steadily boost your confidence. One way to build confidence is the 80% rule. Psychologist Barrick Rosenshine, in his review of successful teaching, found that this was approximately the success rate students should experience while in school. Too much success, and you're likely not picking hard enough goals. Too little, and you can fall into the confidence trap. One way to calibrate this is to set smaller goals, think 30 days, and track your success rate. If you're under 80%, try setting a more achievable target. If you're over 80%, try for something a little bit more ambitious. Three, deadlines are poison for creative problem solving. A significant exception to the power of specific challenging goals involves creative problem solving. In tasks that require complex thinking, such as learning, problem solving, or creative work, goal setting can actually backfire. Now, why is this? Well, it's because these activities require the full use of your working memory. Working memory is a psychological concept that corresponds roughly to what we think of as mental bandwidth. It's been known for several decades that the amount of things we can keep in mind at one time is extremely limited, and often less than we think. A stressful deadline to come up with a creative solution can hurt. The goal itself occupies so much space in your working memory that you have little left over to try out new possible solutions. In these cases, you're better off in a relaxed state with minimal distractions. Of course, here we have a conflict. Goal setting works by marshalling motivation and energy to reach a goal. Without goals, we often fail to put in the effort needed to achieve. However, if we're thinking about the goal while we're working, we lose that mental bandwidth to develop creative solutions. So how can we fix this? 
Well, one way is to set goals to work on a creative problem for a chunk of time without interruption or expectation of results. And this allows you to focus completely on the task at hand and gives your mind more space to think of solutions. But the actual goal to focus itself can help you by forcing you to actually do the task and not just distract yourself. Number four, visualize failure. A common suggestion for goal setting is to visualize success, but visualizing failure might work even better. Psychologist Peter Golwitzer suggests a key ingredient of success in your goals is what he calls implementation intentions. These are when you visualize difficulties that might come up in pursuing your goal and decide in advance how you will handle them. Many goals get derailed by events that are unexpected but not unimaginable. You get sick two weeks into an exercise program. Your exam gets rescheduled. You were ready to start your business, but the permits are delayed. Imagining obstacles in advance and deciding your response can make those responses more effective when the time actually comes. Now, since your motivation is usually highest when you're in the phase of setting the goal, this prior planning can keep you from abandoning your goal when things get difficult. Number five, keep it to yourself. Well, at least to start. Should you tell other people about your goals? Well, surprisingly, the answer is sometimes no. In addition to implementation intentions, Peter Golwitzer also studied the effects of telling people about the goals you want to achieve. Now, interestingly, his research found that telling people about your goals can actually substitute for taking action. Why might this be? Well, Golwitzer explains the results in terms of his theory of symbolic self-completion. According to this theory, we all want to maintain our image in the eyes of others. And to do that, we display signals of our self-identity. Announcing our goals can make us feel like we have sent that signal and our motivation to achieve the actual goal can then go down. This suggests we should focus on taking action first, not just talking about it. Number six, break it down and make yourself accountable. Why do we procrastinate? The common perception is that procrastination is caused by perfectionism. People who need to do everything perfectly waste time getting started. Well, except research doesn't bear this out. In a comprehensive review, psychologist Pierre Steele found that perfectionism didn't predict procrastination. What did? Unpleasant tasks and impulsive personalities. One difficulty with setting goals is that our motivational hardwiring doesn't cope well with the future. When a deadline is far off, the immediate work isn't always fun, and we're likely to slack. This persists until shortly before the deadline, when the fear of failure spurs us to action. Unfortunately, as we discussed before, these last-minute efforts aren't ideal for complicated work. The key is to break your goals down into small daily actions. If you know what needs to be done today, you're in a much better position to act on it. It's even better when you can create a compelling incentive to stick to the daily plan. A powerful tool for overcoming procrastination is pre-commitment. So if you tell your friend or a spouse that you'll give them money for each day you miss your plan, that's a surefire strategy that you'll stay committed to it. Now, less extreme solutions can also include following a don't break the chain strategy. So once you've set your daily plan, keep a tally of how many days in a row you've followed it. The goal is to not miss a day. If you do, you reset your tally and start over. For goals that don't break down into simple daily habits, you can still focus on daily actions. Break the goal into smaller milestones that have short-term deadlines. The closer you can move your goals to the present, the more successfully they will guide your actual behavior. Number seven, set goals you want to achieve, not just those you feel you should. 
Much of the stress and disillusionment people experience with goals comes down to setting ones that aren't truly their own. When we work on the goals of other people, goals we feel pressure to achieve but don't really want deep down, the result is often misery. Self-determination theory was developed by psychologists Edward Ryan and Richard Desi. They found that external incentives, such as paying someone to complete an otherwise interesting puzzle, could crowd out internal motivation. People would play the puzzle while being paid to, but they would play less when the rewards stopped. They argue that many of the goals we pursue are only partially our own. We chase them because we feel we should, but they are somewhat alien to our deeper selves. Since these goals mainly just fulfill social expectations, they are harder to motivate ourselves on consistently. Now, I suspect that the prevalence of these goals is why many have soured on goal setting altogether. They have too many goals that aren't truly their own. As a result, they are poorly motivated to achieve them, often fail to put in adequate effort, and experience stress and burnout. For goal setting to be life-affirming, the goals pursued have to feel deeply meaningful to you. Getting in touch with what you really want out of life and separating the things you merely think you should want is perhaps the most essential part of goal setting. A good life isn't measured by the sum of your achievements, but by the meaning you attach to them. Choose wisely. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website at scotthyoung.com.